is episode 295 of Nerds Eye View. You're Andrew. I am. I'm Jordan. You are. Yep. And we are recording in a special little room Yeah. at the 2016 LA Podfest. Yes. And it's very exciting. We are uh, live from the Sofitel Hotel. Yeah. Yeah, which is really nice, man. We walked in and I was like, oh, ritzy. Uh, yeah, so uh, just a word of warning for listeners. This is going to be a very different episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, because we are, uh, right now we're in the room alone. Yeah. But as the, the day will go on, more people will be joining. And they're going to be setting up. And you might hear other noises. Yeah. We left Windchime Isle. Yeah. And we've, we've entered the podcaster's lair. I feel lair. like Windchime Island, Windchime platform on the Windchime oil rig mm-hmm. has just been preparing us for this episode. Yeah. You know, we it's going to be noisy. It's going to be noisy. But we're we're here. We're here. And we're talking to you. Yeah. So you'll be able to hear us just fine. Yeah, we'll be fine. Don't <laughs> worry about it. And uh, uh, what what are we what are we doing today? We're reviewing The Magnificent 7. Yes. Which is a movie based on a movie. Uh-huh. Based on a movie. Yeah. Uh, I I honestly can't wait for the remake of Mag- of this Magnificent 7. This one specifically. Uh-huh in like 10 years and it's called the seven samurai yeah and they, and they thank you all of these characters that's exactly what i was gonna say samurai. it'll just be the fourth rung down the ladder yeah uh but also after we uh do our review uh we're gonna have some special guests on talking yeah. about moving the things just whatever yeah so it'll, look forward to that it'll be open-ended yeah it'll be fun so i think we've got the basics down mm-hmm. and without further ado let's do the review we're gonna do the review all right Man carries a gun, he tends to use it. Dan, you dead? Pity. I had just ordered a drink from that man. Took a job, looking for some men to join me. Is it difficult? Impossible. How many you got so far? You and me. (laughs) Who's she? We work for her. Good lord. That's right. That man murdered my husband. I want something. I take it. He will take everything we have. So you seek revenge? I seek righteousness. But I'll take revenge. I need more than a few to help us fight. What a bunch of misfits we are. You know how to shoot that thing? I'm good. So am I. He's local, my friend. Oh, we're good. We got a Mexican. A sense we are bonding. Oh. We got a seven. He's got an army. And they'll be murdered by the world's greatest lover. (laughs) Why are you here fighting someone else's fight? These people deserve their lives back. Just make sure we're fighting the battle in front of us, not the battle behind. Every man's got the right to choose where he dies. We have nowhere else to go, so... You ain't never seen a soldier like me. One, two, three, I'm a vigilante. Four, five, six, kiss that ass goodbye. When I pull the gun, then somebody gotta die. What's the plan? I've always wanted to blow something up. It's not a plan. 
lights out. We can do this right now. I'm ready for war. How'd we do? I think we killed them all. The Magnificent Seven is a movie directed by Antoine Fuqua. Yup. And are you ready for these writing credits? Oh, well, please. Based on the screenplay by Akira Kurosawa, Shinobu Hashimoto, and Hideo Uguni. And also the new screenplay screenplay is by Richard Wink yep. and Nick Pizzolatto. Yeah, I couldn't uh, get wider. Pizzolatto, uh, who did the um, True Detective. Oh, yeah. My goodness. Um, okay. Including the second season, though, so maybe. Ooh. But the, <laughs> I know, right? Um, but yeah, so as I mean, as we said, this this film is based on a film based on a film. Right. And this idea has been used uh, all even, over even the place. Kids, I mean, it was in Bugs Life. Yeah. This this is Bugs Life. Yeah, that's so crazy. And it was so weird to me watching this film and going, oh, I remember this moment in Bugs Life. Yeah. That's a weird thing right? to think watching this Isn't movie. that crazy? Uh, it just, it's just weird to me. Uh, and I don't know. What, what, what can we even say? So this is, I mean, the basic plot line is there's a town that's in trouble. Mm-hmm. They need help from not the normal help because the sheriff's corrupt. Yep. So they happen to find... The star-studded cast of characters. Well, they find Denzel. Denzel himself. Uh, who is a bounty hunter. Yep. Well, he's he well, always says, yeah, no, I'm a I'm a warrant chaser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but that's like one of those things where yeah. it's like, and he is sworn, he's a sworn peacekeeper in like seven states. Yeah, yeah, it's it, that's the kind of thing where so you ask someone, are you a cop? And they're like, no, I'm a police officer. Yeah, and it's like, well, okay, yeah, you say tomato, I say, yeah, shut up. So right. the thing is, uh, I could not help but get. Like just because of the state that the movie world is in, mm-hmm. just shades of um, of God damn it! If I didn't forget the name of Quentin Whoa. Tarantino's movie before Hateful Eight, uh, what is wrong with my Inglorious Bastards? Right no, you're. I'm going too far back, huh? Yeah, you're hurting me right now. I I know who it is. Anyway, if only because of the the way that um, uh, Christoph Waltz in that film. You're Jane. talking about Django and Chain. Yes. But Christoph Waltz is, How can I forget Django? He has a similar kind of weird opening where he like yeah. comes in, kills a guy, and uh-huh. says, Don't shoot me, I am Oh no, you're right. That is exactly, exactly the, the same. same. And I was like, Wow, uh this is like inspired by the inspiration of the inspiring. Yeah. Wow. We I mean this this film is nothing if not eat, eating its own tail. tail, but also looking in the mirror and singing backwards. Like right. I don't understand how it gets away with it. How how I mean but here's the other thing. Uh-huh. I didn't hate that. Yeah, I didn't hate it either. I, I, sometimes I'll hate when films are very derivative. Yes. And, and this one is kind of derivative. But I think it makes up for it with its writing. Not, and I don't mean situations. I mean dialogue. Yeah. And, uh, and the performances by Denzel, by Chris Pat, by Ethan Hawke. Ethan, Hawk. Ethan Hawke's fantastic in Holy this movie. Holy crap, Ethan uh, Vincent D'Onofrio just plays the strangest... Yes. Bear wearing people's yes. clothes I've ever seen in my entire life, yes. and I loved it. Um, and the rest of them are freaking awesome. Bung Young uh, Lee, Manuel Garcia uh, Rufio, uh, Martin Sesmir, like Haley Bennett, Peter Sarsgaard, everyone's good in this. Mm-hmm. Even we've got a, a small, you know, little performance by Matt Bomer, who yeah. just bites it in the beginning. Spoilers, but like, well, 
you know, if, you're, if you've yeah. seen the trailer. If you've seen the trailer. It's like, my husband died. Yep. And you're like, oh, she's holding him. He must yeah. be dying soon. I, and I mean, maybe it was just too easy to give Chris Pratt all the... All, all the, the jokes? The jokes. And all the... Uh, oh, he was the, so good, though. Yeah, all the punchlines and he all the... So, he was so good. All the, well, that's... I'm not even upset about it. I, I know. It's hard. It's hard to be... Yeah, but they all had moments. Yeah. They were good. I mean... Going into this, I didn't, you know, I, I like the idea of this. Mm-hmm. I like it when a pe- team comes together. Right. Uh, and this, the, I mean, that's what you're saying about the writing is so good, is that when you have the, all these all these people, mm-hmm. and then all the two of them never, are having a conversation, and yeah. you go, oh, wow. Yes. That's something. Yeah. It, the way these characters inter- like interact, mm-hmm. like where they at, are at in life, yeah. makes for interesting conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ethan Hawke. I want to talk a little bit about his character. Oh. Uh, good, good night, Robichaux. Yeah, uh, who was famous for being a sharpshooter, mm-hmm. but is is definitely suffering some PTSD. Form of PTSD, right? Which is something that, in obviously in the original, they couldn't they couldn't, couldn't really talk about. Into. Yeah, but in this one, it's it kind of works so well. Yeah, he he's he's saying like the war never ended. Yeah, and he keeps having these dreams where someone's telling him that if he kills someone else, he's going straight to hell, yeah. and like he's he's deep like he's he's definitely going through a lot yeah i kind of i kind of love that and i kind of yeah. him and him and chris pratt have a couple of moments where chris right. Pratt's like prove yourself yeah and he still doesn't trust him anyway yeah. like it's it's kind of this great moment mix of characters and actors yeah it's really f- fun i sometimes in these films i i'm like oh the the villain's dumb uh but peter sarsgaard was good he's fantastic yeah. like he took he took what would have been a very one note black and white like evil character and it's like no this is a guy who just wants to be great he wants to he sees the american dream mm-hmm. he sees all these robber barons and in oil tycoons yeah and he's like i'm gonna do that too but i'm gonna do it through force yeah not because i've been given money but mm-hmm. because i have the ability to take it and and it's just a, a guy who who sees himself as the hero in a way but just as like I'm going to do anything by any means necessary yeah. because I'm going to be remembered in history. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, I don't, and, and it's kind of, uh, it's a little fun when um, Denzel has his character's name, uh, Chisholm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems that every once in a while when he recruits one of these members, he goes, yeah, we're, we're going after Bart Bogue. And yeah. they're like, Bart Bogue? Yeah, they all have all a different right. reaction <laughs> to him. <laughs> they're but like, they're all, all right. they're all like, all right, all right yeah. I'll take him down. Yeah. Which is kind of We a can fun, do it. Fun thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mean, like if you talk about like character arcs, the the one with the strongest arc is, is Denzel. Yeah. I even think when you get to Chris Pratt, um, his character doesn't really, he doesn't really change all that much. No. And it's kind of um, like one of those false things where it's like, oh, he's a bit of a rapscallion and mm-hmm. he, you know, he's going to, he's going to turn good, but it's kind of like, he's well, always kind of good. He's always kind of good. Yeah. It, it wasn't that he was the worst person, Mm-mm. you know, I don't know. I think for me, Ethan Hawke was the clear yeah. he evolved throughout the movie he he kind of dealt with his stuff um i mean it is the trope of him just like disappearing and showing up at a key moment which kind of sucks but yeah well they even kind of did that with um donofrio yeah like they were like oh i guess he's not joining and i was like he's one of the seven come yeah. on and he's gonna show he up shows up like well yeah because he's been tracking him the yeah. whole time so i don't know yeah i i mean i i feel like there was a lot of missed um opportunities for the um for Vasquez, mm-hmm. the Chris Pratt's character, oh, we got a Mexican. Like, yeah. That moment, there was a lot of missed opportunities for him, I feel like, because mm-hmm. he he is wanted for some kind of crime, for murder or something. Right. 
by by Chisholm, mm-hmm. and he says, "If you help me, I'll I won't be looking for you anymore. Yeah, you'll have paid your debt mm-hmm. through me. Yep. And I feel like that's an interesting character arc. Yeah. And he has a couple of good moments with Chris Pratt's character where they 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 kind of have a rivalry, but then they help each other out. Yep. Uh, but by the end, he just kind of gets fallen by the wayside. Yeah. Because the overall story is getting rid of Bart Bogue. Yeah. Taking back this, this land. This city. That these nice, innocent people have, have, have just, they just want to live. Yeah. And they, 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 you know, they settled down there, not even knowing that there was a gold mine nearby. Yeah. And Bogue just came in, found the was it mine. Gold or oil? No, it was gold. Okay. And, and he comes in and just says... I'm now taking over everything because there's this gold mine across the river from your city. Yeah. And it's not even like the, I mean, the miners are working for a wage. Yeah. But it's at key points. Like they stop the miners from helping the town. They, yeah. You know, they, they make sure the miners they burn down working. stuff. Yeah. They, they, they buy their stuff at like pennies to the dollar. Yeah. Like it's, they're forcing these people out mm-hmm. and killing them. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's a, and also I, I feel like, uh, uh, I mean, could we even talk a little bit about like the the way violence is used in this film? Right. It's kind of like um, most of the time it's used to show the the force of these characters. The, yeah. M- most of the seven characters are introduced by um, you know they get asked to join and then they kill someone or they have just killed someone. Yeah. And they're asked to join. Yeah. Like it's kind of proving their worth through, through their ability through to their, their brutality through or their through violence, their, their sense of of even handedness on taking care of ju- justice in the in the plains you know yeah and and i feel like um that's important and key because in order for these people to live their lives they need to hire and bring in someone who can meet the level of violence that they're experiencing yeah so they need to hire these violent men mm. people they wouldn't normally associate with like when when denzel first rides into town you know everyone hides and closes stuff because he looks like a dangerous person yeah and but they need those dangerous people to save them and, uh, but I mean, like, it's hard to look at that and be like, Ooh, you know, that, that sucks that, you know, just more violence begets more violence. But at the end of the day, like those scenes are pretty funny. Um, like when Vincent D'Onofrio t- takes out those twins when they say they killed them and he's like, uh, oh, yeah. the pigeon twins, the pigeon twins. Oh, they weren't famous for long. Uh, yeah. Like that, there's a lot of humor in this mm. that, that kind of undercuts the violence. But I think at the end of the day, I mean, you get the message mm-hmm. you do. Uh, this, is, this is a thing I was thinking was true is according to IMDb trivia mm-hmm. one of the few western movies where an actor's ethnicity matches their characters yeah they all do they all yeah they all do which is that's just fantastic I really like it seems like they've made that effort yeah so even casting you know actors that we not, not know mm-hmm. uh, and as, I mean even for a, a small role it seems like they always want to cast someone that you know yeah that sucks that, that isn't so. necessary and this is a star-studded cast but I everyone is is the nationality they're supposed to be the race they're supposed to be and they all do fantastic jobs like i loved the native american character he has that great moment at one point where he's just like i'm hungry <laughs> and everyone's like you can speak english uh-huh. and they all freak out and vincent vinafrio who's been tracking down and hunting native americans most of his life yeah. is like no no no, we need to talk <laughs> yeah i feel like yeah they definitely they gave a lot of the smaller characters really fun moments and glimpses of a backstory, glimpses of a life yeah. outside of... Uh, Without bogging this. the film down. Like, we didn't have any... Yeah. Like, this is a movie that could have been bogged down by, back, uh, like, you know, flashbacks. Mm-hmm. 
to, to different events that like mess these people up because they all have a history. They all have something traumatic they've gone through. Yeah. And we could have, you know, spent a lot of the movie going through that. But even though this movie's over two hours, it, f- it didn't feel bogged down. It felt smooth. The, the pacing was great. Yeah. And I even, um, I mean, I just, I don't want to keep bringing up like dumb, weird little nitpicky things. Mm-hmm. But in this film, with so much shooting, we see very little reloading. Very, if at all. Uh, I feel like, like every once in a while you'll see a guy like empty a gun and. Yeah. I feel like sometimes they try and cover that up by saying, by showing that they have like a second or third gun. Yeah. No, there, there are some cool scenes where someone will like kill somebody and then pick up their gun and shoot it yeah. and then drop it. Yeah. Or they'll, they'll, they'll empty one gun, throw it and uh-huh. then grab another one yeah. out of a holster. So, yeah. and, I mean, they, they kind of get around that because I mean, that's. Otherwise you go back to Tombstone where people are just. ridiculous action yeah. movie trope, but even in modern action movie films, they have more bullets to a gun. This oh, is the no, classic. <laughs> but I also feel it goes the other way with that too, where, um, what movie did I just see? It was another action movie, mm. but they were very clear about like, oh, this person wasn't paying attention to how many bullets they shot. Mm. And you need yeah. to pay attention to that because that, that's the difference between life or death. No, there's also definitely, a, uh, I think, a very good key moment in this film where a character has a gun pointed at someone else, mm-hmm. fire, shoots it, and it clicks that it's empty. Yeah. And they, they try a couple more times because they're not sure. If there's any other live bullets in any there. Other bullets in there, yeah. Yeah. Which uh, that, I thought that was interesting. I, I was thinking, oh, is this character like just desperate? No, they're actually thinking maybe there is one bullet left yeah. and I just haven't gotten to it yet. Yeah. So I, I was like, oh, that's actually a neat... Yeah, because thing. that doesn't happen anymore because people don't really use revolvers anymore. Yeah. So it's like that's that's not something that exists. But to, to, for that character in that moment, she's praying that there's a bullet in that chamber yeah. that's live. There, uh, there's also a lot of um, one-shot kills in this movie. Yeah. Which I'm like, oh, whatever. I guess, I mean, for a sake of movie quickness, mm-hmm. like not every... Like, there's, a couple sh- people, there's a couple people who get shot bad guys. and they like get up to go, I feel like all of these people are... Uh, shot multiple times? Um, but we just see the one shot. No, I think I think they're accurate enough. Oh, okay. To be able to you know, hearts shoot and heads. hearts and heads, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. because anyone who doesn't get shot in like in the upper chest area, there's been a couple times where someone will like get up to shoot and they'll have to shoot him again. Yeah. There's a couple points. Yeah. I just, it's just there's there's just one in the in one of the big climax climactic uh, fighting you know shooting scenes mm-hmm. and Denzel's literally just popping out of windows yeah, with, bah, a, bah, bah, with bah, a rifle bah, bah, bah. yeah and I'm like he, he is he that accurate like what is going on I don't know right the whole movie he's been incredibly accurate yeah so I mean the point is that most of these people are some of the best they're just not they're the all sharpshooters yeah. yeah and they're not the kind that go for sheriff jobs yeah or, they're all um, not really that they good called, of people they called um, Blackwater uh-huh. was the name of the uh, they called it like a detective agency but they've turned them to like hired guns yeah they're now That's a mercenary Bogue, group Bogue has hired this detective agency but paid them all to just shoot everyone yeah and uh, I thought it was kind of fun because usually it's like Pinkerton is like, yeah, oh, but this is like, oh, Blackwater. And I'm like, oh, that's is that a weird reference to modern day um, political maybe, right? things? Yeah. Making so, yeah, some commentary on modern mercenary hired guns. POCs. For, yeah. yeah. I'm like, OK. Uh, I don't know. This movie's fun. It is. I had a fun time. It was really it's a good. little long. I, I man, I felt like the pacing was really good. Well, all right. For me, it was a little long. Because I also love those scenes where it's like, oh, the town's getting ready and putting up defenses. No, I like those. There was an early scene where it's one of those classic who's going to shoot first, and they literally... uh, Oh, that was long. Yeah, that was long. 
three times. That was long. Like we're yeah. just seeing. You're talking about the face. bar scene, right? No, I'm talking about um, when they first come to the town and the sheriff is like, uh, "We need your guns." Oh yeah. And then everyone appears behind them. That one's long. That's a long like. Who's gonna shoot first? I wonder if the director like had a stopwatch and would like matched the original <laughs> that scene because he loved it so much. Uh huh. That's possible. But those those the older films had a different pace to them. Yeah. Oh, it was fun. Yeah, it was really good. I had a fun time. Yeah, and I feel like it stands out as it's it's it is the same story, it is the same setup, but I feel it's more it's modernized by the dialogue and the actors really bring a lot to it. Mm. Like Chris Pratt's incredible in his role. Ethan Hawke gives an amazing performance. Vincent D'Onofrio. I feel like every single time he's taken a role, he's had some different type of character. Like well, and here he's doing a super weird voice, which is as awesome. Well, which yeah, really fit the character. Yeah. And d- definitely, you know, if you think after watching uh, Daredevil season one, you're like, oh, I can only see Vincent D'Onofrio as yeah. Kingpin. No. And then you see this movie, you go, oh, okay. Yeah. He is. He but has there, range. There's, there's a point where he, like, picks it's something crazy. up and he's like, oh, look at that. <laughs> they, have, they give him a lot of lines where, I mean, it's definitely ADR. It's, it's barely there. Later, but it's like this, the camera will go to a different character, but then you just hear him in the background. Oh, you better stay dead. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's so good. What? It's so good. So weird. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's it's you know. I think that bears wearing people's clothes. <laughs> it's it's a it's a group of lovable weirdos. Yes. Uh, it's a it's a fast paced. Give me more of that action comedy. Yeah. It's, it's it's something that I feel like I've I've wanted for a while. Mm-hmm. And there it is. It feels good. It's a fun it's a fun movie. Yeah. You should definitely don't go see it. Too hard on it. No, you don't need to. Yeah. Like it's one of those movies where you're gonna go pay for a ticket, get some popcorn, mm-hmm. just enjoy yourself. Like I feel. Movies are, are wildly oscillating between like summer blockbusters, heavy duty, or they're trying too hard, or we've got these comedies like, uh, like Mike and Dave were fantastic, but yeah. they're purely in the comedy camp. Yeah. And we, it's been a while since we've had a fun blockbuster movie, mm-hmm. and I feel like this is it. It's yeah. totally worth seeing in theaters. On that big screen, it's fantastic. Like watching some of the scenes in this really brought me back to seeing the Hateful Eight and Seventy Millimeter. Of just like these are just gorgeous. Like he does an amazing job in getting these valleys, just showing all the texture in the sky. It's just it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's a good movie all around. That's. I think that will wrap up our thoughts on. Yep. The Magnificent Seven. There it is. Uh, When we come back, who knows who you'll be hearing first? But someone. Everybody. All right, we're here with Phil and Brendo. What's up? Of Radio Brendo Man. Yeah. Yep. Day three. Day three. We survived yesterday. We were in this room for 13 hours. Good Lord. Yeah. We're going to do it again today. That's the plan. Well, we're like half an hour late, so not quite 13 hours this time. Whatevs. Well, we had to get the the Jones Broccoli Madness at Soup Plantation, which is the best. It's really good. I didn't trust Phil's judgment at first, but it's it's actually... I don't know what they put in that broccoli, but it's, it's something like broccoli else. Broccoli and sauce and nuts and raisins. I have to check. I don't out. eat the raisins. That's gross. Oh, dude, it's so amazing. I'm just telling you, soupplantation.com. I'm assuming. My right? grandma used to put raisins in everything, and now I have an aversion to raisins, like in any food, except raisin bread and raisin bran. Also, he was complaining about the cornbread because it has corn in it, like actual corn. What? What? I like it's cornbread. Maybe because again, I like I just grew up. My my grandma made cornbread. She didn't put corn in it. It was just cornmeal. But it's in the title. It's yeah, corn because it's made bread. from cornmeal. 
It doesn't have to have actual pieces of corn in it. Did it just feel like a mistake? Like it shouldn't have been in there? I like someone left it in by accident? No, it definitely was on purpose. But, I mean, that's a personal decision. I'm not forcing it on anybody. I'm like, Mr. Over here, like, oh, you can't eat turkey salad. That's gross. Hey, other people can eat it. I just that, that I have an aversion to, to poultry in salad. Why? I don't know. I, I can't explain it. I don't I don't, make any especially sense. if it's cold, right? Yeah, it's, it's weird. It's supposed to be cold. You eat chicken salad, tuna salad. Tuna's a fish. I'm okay What's with that. What's the difference? I don't know. They they swim. Birds fly. But what? So what? Because it can swim in the salad. That makes sense. I don't to know. To you, to your fill brain that doesn't like your weird fill brain that even when when because you know you got Phil when he stops to think about something that he just said and I'm like oh you out you even fill logic fill like you're you, you that's an I admission that your brain. You can't. You, you sometimes you can't even fool yourself. <laughs> oh, hey, we're on Nerd's Eye View. We're on Nerd's Eye uh, View talking well, this about is movies. Great. I was just gonna let that Phil's go gonna go see Storks it? on Friday. Speaking of birds, Ooh. Yeah. well, that's what we wanted. That's to what do. happens when you have children. We wanted to ask what uh, for each of you. What was the last film that you saw in theaters? Oh, well, that's together. easy. We saw it together, and I almost peed myself. Which one? Abby Blair, Blair Witch. Witch. Ooh. Yeah. We intentionally went knowing that I was going to freak out the whole time and so we could tell the story on the podcast. And he performed as Phil, admirably. Phil, did I disappoint? No, absolutely not. <laughs> Brendan kind of, I like going to scary movies with Brendan watching with him because he kind of like psychs himself up about it. And like in the movie, he's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Oh, she's going to the house. She's going to the house. Going to the tunnel. It's going to be tunnels. Phil, there's going to be tunnels. I can't handle the tunnels. The whole time, and I'm just like laughing, like it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same way. And Andrew, not too big of a fan of the genre. Yeah, I get, I get. I, I get used to well. love scary movies, watch them all the time, and then as soon as I moved into my own apartment by myself, and I had to oh, sleep yeah. with myself and my thoughts at oh, night, and man. every shadow, everything in my closet. I keep my closet door open now because my worst nightmare is if I if I have my closet door closed. And It'll let's open. say it opened, like, because, you know, sometimes house thing. But if that closet door opened even a millimeter, I would never be able to sleep in my house again. So I keep it open at all times. Oh, so do you have anything near your bed to defend yourself with? Um, no, because that's, I don't know. I don't think that's a good idea. Like, because I feel like I might murder a firefighter or something. <laughs> yeah, what? yeah. Why I've you seen you awake freak out. I wouldn't want to see it like, at night. Because if I, if I wake up and someone's standing over me and I had a bat... I wouldn't even hesitate to smash them. Yeah. And if it's a firefighter trying to save my life, I want him to save my life, not get well, smashed from a bat. Yeah, they do have helmets, but I don't think that would save them from a bat. So my brother keeps yeah, a, a knife by This is a great story. Like a, this a, is why I don't keep weapons yeah, in the keep, house. He keeps a knife by his bed in case, uh, just that, in case someone comes in. And my other brother was crashing at his place one time, but he came in kind of late. And he had already arranged with them ahead of time. They knew he was coming in. He had his little couch bed set up and everything. But he kind of snuck in and you know, went to, was getting ready for bed. Meanwhile, my other brother, who's got David, who's got the knife by his bed, wakes up and hears something rumbling around in the, in the living room. And he's not aware uh, you know, that, that he's doing this because he's half asleep. But he gets his knife and he gets up. Oh, by the way, he sleeps like butt naked. Gets up, runs in the living room, goes, ah! With a knife up over his head, like ready to stab. And my other brother's like, that's it. I'm dead. My brother's going to murder me in the middle of the night. And he stopped just in time. I'm like, oh. Naked oh. knife man. Naked knife man. That's why I would never keep a weapon by my bed. All right. Yeah. That's, that's an important story. It's an important story. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Blair Witch scared the crap out of me. <laughs> Did you guys like Blair Witch? Yeah. Or was it just like... No, I liked it. I liked yeah. It. I liked it more than the first one. I personally. didn't think I liked it as, mu as more than the first one, but I liked it in different ways more. Now, in typical Phil fashion, I would think you would defend the second one. 
Well, I've never Phil's seen never it. seen it. Yeah. And I think even for Phil, the second one is garbage. Phil has defended some. But I don't think it's not Phil's thing. Films. I know. I think I know Phil pretty well. I don't think Phil would remotely like. The second one. Yeah, right. I, I mean, I don't know. I did not hear anything that made it appealing to me when it came out. So mm-hmm. I don't know. But the first one I thought was fun for one time, but I don't think it holds up at all because once you've seen it, then you're like, okay. That's kind of the shtick. Yeah. After but you've then seen like, it once, there's. Right. But it was really great doing. being there and all the hype. And like they had been, because I watched it like opening night or maybe even like the midnight before. And. And so there was all this buzz going around, especially on college campuses, because they'd been doing these screenings at like USC, UCLA, where they presented it as they basically presented it as real. Yeah, and like so, a documentary. And or I had friends, and so word just started spreading around. Like messages were like, "Have you heard about this? Oh, what's this?" And then there was the website, which looked completely like legitimate. And for before the movie came out, if you went on there and the, on the actors IMDb page, you're like, "Oh, these are just actors. They were all listed as dead." Yeah, like. <laughs> That and so like it, it, again, this was pre-social media before we all became jaded and don't believe anything on the internet. So we're just all like, "Holy shit, what is this?" And like, and so watching it the whole time, I'm like, I think I'm about to watch people get murdered, and like, <laughs> I think that's what I'm watching. And and then like the way they shot it, and that's where I think because I was list- I was reading an interview, a current interview with Heather Donahue, and she did point out that like. The way they shot that is so unique, and nobody would on their like studios wouldn't do that, where they just send them out in the woods with like GPS coordinates, and they're actually sleeping in tents, and they're actually doing all that stuff. Because I think you get a lot more, like you got some legitimate reactions and improv that you wouldn't get from like a traditional like film shoot, and so like I think that's what's missing from a lot of the found footage films that followed is that there is some like you like. Unique, like genuineness to a lot of like their actions and There's reactions. There's some actors that would do that. No. Yeah, but on like that, if you sent Edward Norton and Daniel Day Lewis. Oh out in the well, forest, yeah, that would be. You have the same effect. Daniel Day Lewis is the Blair Witch. Wait, so who would? Okay, wait. But let's say you did send them out together. Who do you think would survive? Who? Would, oh, I'd be dead in two seconds. No, but who uh, between, oh, between Daniel Day Lewis and Edward Norton? I kind of like to think oh, that ah, Edward Norton has an edge. I don't know, dude. Daniel Day Lewis. Who knows what's he going would, on with that he, dude? He would drink his milkshake right off the bat. <laughs> So then calories become an issue. I don't know. Edward Norton, like, but, like, remember, like, because, like, think about how ripped he got, like, American History X and all that stuff. That's and true. like But Dana Day-Lewis can get super ripped, too. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he's done all kinds of crazy. That would be, like, a crazy method actor battle. They would probably live for, like, they could probably survive for, like, years. And, like, it would just be, like, they're just, like, on sheer will. They're, like, I will. You can't get me, Lewis. It's me. It's all me. And, like, they just, like. Oh, uh, dude, I don't know. Someone just finds them in the forest, and they're both wearing furs with giant beards. Yeah, with yeah, that's true. They would handmade weapons. They would yeah, they'd be fine. Yeah, but they'd be trying to kill each other. Well, I think constantly. one of them. Yeah, they'd be trying to kill each other, setting traps, <laughs> like pit traps. Like spy and, versus spy, yeah, in real life. Yeah. Just out in the woods. I want to see this movie. Lewis, all your casting director friends and, and stuff. You can like hook us up, right? Sure. All right. Yeah. If you're out Sounds there. Great. Uh, so what what's been like the best thing so far at LA Pop Fest? Here? Oh man, there's so many things. But yeah. I had I, I would have said yesterday if you had asked me at like ten, I would have said T.J. Miller. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that was a broccoli. Sorry. Oh my gosh. Because <laughs> T.J. Miller came in here 
and tore it up, just completely tore it up. There's my, I think one of my favorite pictures ever, it's now my Facebook banner picture, is T.J. Miller screaming into my microphone while he's looking at Phil's holding the giant wallet that he has in this cassette. I don't know if Jordan's seen it or not. That's Phil's wallet. What? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly what he was doing. Phil has a Costanza wallet, and so uh, it's tape. It's stickers, like stickers. sticker tape stuff. It's left. I had a bunch don't, of stickers. Please made. don't get him started about the wallet. I'll just tell how I repaired. I had a bunch of stickers made in college for our radio station. Oh my god! And when they made the stickers, they chopped up like all the extra side pieces. They said, "Oh hey, we're gonna throw this out." And I'm like, "Well, I'll keep that." So I have all these like random bits of like sticker paper that I still have. Like this a is the out. wallet he got for his what? 14? 14. I believe 14th birthday. And so I just use those old sticker bits, so you can see like there's the end of the paper that yeah, we'll oh, yeah. and I just, oh yeah, I can I see it. And this wallet. dude had this dude never didn't have a girlfriend and is married, and I don't understand. <laughs> That's it's I exactly don't even, that. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> That's what did Janelle do the first time she saw that thing? We have to remember, when I met Janelle, it was only like four or five years old. Yep. Oh. Oh, yeah, that's right. So she has a bit of nostalgia for it, too. That's right. Okay, like, my, but now. my favorite wallet story is Phil was at Del Taco in the drive through window, and the guy was like, oh, you want me to get that trash for you? And it was his wallet. <laughs> it's true. Oh, man. I, I would have loved if he had just grabbed it and threw it in the trash. <laughs> No, that only further endeared the wallet to me, though. So. Would you have dove into the trash can for your wallet? Well, obviously. I like all my stuff's in there. All right. I don't have time to go yeah, through it all Yeah, but by stuff, but... he means expired sandwich cards and stuff he doesn't need and I'm... old fortune cookie fortunes that he thinks are funny. It is and, possible like... I'll go back to that like burrito place in Oregon again that I went that one time. And if I do, I want to have my punch card ready yeah, to go. That's important. <laughs> It is. That place probably isn't even open anymore. I think he it has, might be. He has punch cards to like a pizza place in Yukaipa that he hasn't been to in over a year. You're going to Google Earth it at some point. It's just going to be an empty building. But then what if they open again? Oh. He has... You know, things come and go. He has cards for like play and trade. They went out of business a long time ago. Yeah, I haven't seen a play and trade in 10 years. Yeah, but, you know, it's a little nostalgic. You're waiting too. for it to come back, and then plus, you're like, I got it. I plus, got it. I know the order of the cards in that section. So oh if I remove God. play and trade, how am I going to find my insurance card? Well, oh and I'm God. pretty sure... Also, you have like... The cards are holding the wallet together now. The oh, wallet absolutely. is held together it's, by it's the cards. It's a structurally integral part of the <laughs> yeah. wallet. That's I'm, a load-bearing card. Yeah, you, can't, you can't just move stuff around. And if I'm getting a new card... So other stuff's got to shift around. Also, as I like to point out, Phil is a bad dad because he doesn't have a picture of his son in his wallet. Whoa. But it's only because my pictures are so old and outdated. I'll just, I won't do it all. There's one that he has to I'll do because it highlight. shows you the age of the wallet. It's insane. I almost don't want you to open the wallet because I'm afraid it'll fall. Yeah, I, I okay, it looks watch like this. it's going this to. This is going to come off real great okay. on the podcast. It's, uh, from her graduation, I know. I'm just In 2000. That's a 16-year-old photo. It's, it's not even. the picture. Oh, it's still it's there. Transferred. It's transferred. It's transferred into the plastic. You don't even need the picture in there. You don't need it. If I lose a picture, I'm good. It's got a backup. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't even, right? You, you could. You could. You could so show TJ that to Miller, a maker well, at like an art first, college, and yeah. they'd be like, "This is amazing. We need it to make is. an art installation, an art installation out of this in, my in your pocket." Wow. I can't even handle this wallet right now. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. So. 
TJ Miller first tried to throw shade at my cargo shorts, but then I'm like, I have cargo in each pocket. Because he's like, well, most bros don't even have cargo in their cargo shorts, and that's bullshit. And so I'm like, no, dude, I got cargo in each pocket. I'm good. And he's like, all right, I'll allow it. And I had it all ready because if he had kept giving me shade about it, my cargo shorts, I'm like, you're wearing a freaking leisure jumpsuit, dude. Let's talk about that. I finally saw pictures. He looked like a mechanic. Yeah. Yeah. You look like an old school mechanic. Um, yeah, because either you're a mechanic or you're too lazy to put on pants, and I think it might have been a little column A, a little column B. I don't know. Um, but that was, so that was my highlight until Phil and I went out, where one time we went out and just kind of stood around, drank some free Diet Cokes, and we're just chilling. And then my probably favorite podcaster, maybe favorite comedian, April Richardson, just kind of strolls on by, and I, we had a previous, like, she knew who I was, so I'm like, oh, God. I, like, I was just really excited because I'm like, we're going to have April Richardson on Radio Brendo Man. It's going to happen now. Mm. And so Phil kind of talked me, psyched me up a little bit, pumped me up. Or psyched you down. Psyched me down. <laughs> talked me as. down. He did some Brendo whispering. Yeah, mm. yeah, a little bit. And uh, so then I just go up. And, and she immediately like was like, oh, yeah, how's it going? Because like, she was on, I helped get her on Lizzie and Kat's show, The Blaze, now 2 and 0 The Blaze. Mm. And so we had previous contact. And then, she, and then we're just like, hey, you want to come on? And she was like beyond nice and soup and so she came on and we got to talk to April Richardson for like 15 minutes about like zines and murder and we gave her a record because she would actually appreciate it and has a record player and right away so that was awesome and yeah. today we're gonna we our high- the highlight has been soup plantation and this yeah but we're hoping to we need to get Todd Glass part two because Todd Glass part one Andrew was there it was just one of the highlights of mm-hmm. last year's Radio Brendo Man recordings and but we're hoping the big hope is to get Sam Levine because we oh, of that's, that's a geek dream. man he's a geek and freaks and geeks and oh it's our gosh. favorite show of all time absolutely absolutely that's favorite show ever and we've I've talked to him before I have is he signed my yearbook and he's a nice dude so I'm hoping because he's the co-host on the Kevin Pollock chat oh, okay. show so Kevin Pollock is gonna be here mm. I'm very excited about that I'm excited just to see what happens today you never know what's gonna happen in here. People last yesterday we got um, DC Pearson was just walking around and he we we know each other so I just bumped into him and then brought him in here and and then while that was happening then Will Wheaton came in here to talk to us because we need to give him our book and and we kind of recorded a thing with him was he was because he couldn't sit down it's because he had to go but yeah we got Will Wheaton yesterday we got DC Pearson we got a lot of people talking to other podcasters has been awesome. So a highlight for me was um, we got to talk with actually Cheryl oh, from Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Made me. Oh, she's not, not here. Doesn't shout out. But her friend Brock came in. He's a voice actor. Brock Powell. He's um, a voice actor. And he uh, he's the voice of the Kool Aid Man. Kool Aid Man, amongst other things. But that's like sort of his like. But in our in our thing. talking to each other, you discovered you had something in common. Yeah. And what was that, Phil? We both were uh, were crush at California Adventure. Different eras. We didn't like cross over, but we had the same trainer. We kind of like connected about that and then he who is a professional voice actor is like dude let's do crush together and i was like i'm scared i can't do that because you're like really good it was but i did it and i i haven't gotten to listen to it yet but it was so much fun if they had been like in a one if they had been in the ballroom they would have gotten a standing ovation (laughs) like everybody because it was great because they started doing it and people were no i'm serious though but people were doing stuff people were crying and it was like everybody just stopped what they were doing and they were like holy shit and then they did it and everybody was like whoa like it was it was so great and i'm so glad we got that Mm -hmm. on record it'll be on radio brendo man we have so much stuff 
I don't know how we're going to parcel it out. The like next like two months will like, be this. Like right now, I probably already have like three or four hours like of stuff. So we'll see how we parcel it out. We haven't even recorded. We need to record some interstitials like mail. We got to do some other stuff. But I don't know. Uh, mail. Mail. <laughs> but movies. Yeah. What, what, what else here, guys? Okay. Well, we re- we reviewed the uh, Magnificent Seven. I want to see yeah. that. Is it, was it magnificent? It's a fun time. As advertised. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but we'll we'll wrap this up for now. All right. Uh, but make sure uh, everyone to check out Radio Brando Man. Yeah. On the Benview Network. Yes, this is a great Benview crossover moment. Always yeah. good. Brought to you by LA Podfest. Yeah. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. And we're in the Succotash Podcast That's right. Lab. Because he provided the candy this year, and I'm taking advantage of that candy in a little bit. I still got my uh, soup plantation, so I'm good right now. But also uh, brought to you by soup plantation. Also brought to you by soup plantation. They're still a thing. He's gonna. Sorry. All right, we're back. Nerds Eye View at LA Podfest 2016. Yay! And we're sitting here with Cheryl. You are, yes. Of Movies Made Me. Yes. Yes. And uh, Cheryl, you've been getting a lot of good guests this weekend, huh? Yeah. It's, uh, I have to be honest, it's not quite as exciting as last year, because mm. last year we had Mark Marin and Todd Glass and all that. So, But I did get TJ Miller yesterday, and that was pretty stinking awesome. Yeah. I can't wait to share that. It goes a little bit, it's a little different than what I've had on the show before. Mm. But he did, I was, he was very TJ Miller. But in the end, he did at one point just kind of stop down, actually talk about an influential movie, and then went back to being T.J. Miller. And I was kind of surprised by that. And That's it was cool. Great. Yeah, and, and Cash Levy, who's on the show on Cashing In with T.J. Miller, was there as well. And awesome. They were playing off. I, I literally just gave them both of my mics, and I didn't even bother, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let them go. <laughs> and I, I've always liked your... Um the, what your podcast is. Could you well, describe you. it really quickly? Yes. Just for our listeners know. It, we talk, instead of talking about just movies in general or whatever, it, it's a little bit different because we talk about the movies that have influenced you to be who you are. And we do, so each guest comes on with a list of five influential movies, and then we go beyond movies because, of course, that's not the only thing that makes mm. us who we are. So right. we also talk about three other things, anything under the sun. I've actually had three people... In 41 episodes, three guests so far who have listed professional wrestling as one of their three references. Wow. You know one of them. And, yeah. and, <laughs> and I'm amazed by that. I just I wouldn't have expected anybody. And now I've had three. And that's really kind of fascinating to me. That's yeah. cool. That's pretty great. Uh, so, Cheryl, what is the last movie that you saw in theaters? Oh, gosh. Well, I, was, I was thinking about that yesterday. Uh, actually, the last movie was Max Rose, which is the new Jerry Lewis movie. There was a special screening at the Arrow Theater in Santa Monica, and Jerry Lewis was there, which wow. is why I went. Because how often do you get the opportunity to see him in person and you know do it before he croaks? So that's the reverse bucket list. I do a lot of that. See them before they die. Uh, <laughs> that's a reverse bucket list. That's I've never reverse, heard it like that. Yes, that's, that's what I call it. Yeah, because you know it's not before you die; it's before they die. Uh-huh. So uh, yeah, but. And and that, that was, you know, it's one of those kind of swan song movies written and made for that purpose. Mm-hmm. It's a drama, so it's not as usual, you know, comedy kind of thing. But uh, he's good in it because it's I just need to see him on the screen again. And it is, you know, an old guy playing an old guy near yeah. the end of his life and dealing with the loss of his wife. And there's some question about whether she committed some infidelities or not. And uh, so in that, that part of it's good, but... Uh, I think the editing was kind of iffy and the script could be a lot better. But like Kevin Pollack, who I'm hoping to talk to here today, 
is in it playing Jerry Lewis's son. Oh, but wow. I think that's the kind of thing that it doesn't really matter what the script is. If you have a chance to play Jerry Lewis's son as a comedian, yeah. you're going to want to do that, right? Oh. So, yeah. yeah, to be in a movie and have scenes with him yeah. has to be pretty cool. Are so. you a big Jerry Lewis fan? I Well, I grew up watching Jerry Lewis movies. My dad was a huge Jerry Lewis fan of the, those early movies and he it, growing up with him was basically like growing up with Jerry Lewis because he just emulated everything Jerry Lewis did in his movies so yeah generally a Jerry Lewis fan and I love him in the King of Comedy of course with mm-hmm. Marty oh, Scorsese yeah, oh yeah. My gosh, yeah I call him Marty Scorsese like we're friends <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good uh, so where can we find your show? You can find it in a million different places. You can find <laughs> it on my website, mmmpodcast.com, which everybody has lately been pointing out is, mmm, podcast. <laughs> yeah, uh, nice. <laughs> and I don't know why I never put that together. You can also find it on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and iHeartRadio. All right, well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome, Chaya. Yes, and a happy Podfest to the both of you. Thank you very much. Happy Podfest. So how y'all doing? You enjoying yourselves? Yeah, we're having a good time. It's getting busy right now. Uh, I would say so. Yeah. Although, honestly, I mean, it seems a little bit like a lower turnout than last year. I don't want to just give a live yeah, update on this I mean, a little bit, thing. yeah. It's, it's, uh, I mean, we had Cheryl on uh, earlier, and she was mentioning how, you know, last year they had a little bit of a, a bigger guest poll. It was a. Uh, it's almost as if there was like some major event that changed everything. Yeah. yeah. Like something happened. It's almost like there's some second uh, podcast festival that nobody wants to talk about. Yeah. We may never know. <laughs> so, Shia, you are one half of Trent Talk. That's correct. How does that feel? I'm not totally sure how to approach your question, but honestly, like, Trent Talk has become a really special thing for both myself and Claire because. We both work a lot. We both have very busy schedules. But we know that once every week, we have a magic hour to get together and just listen to Nine Inch Nails songs, irrespective of whether we're going to enjoy them or not. Uh-huh. And then we just riff on them and get to talk to each other. And it's, it's really nice. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoy it a lot. Although, like, I, as I'm sure our legions of fans out there know, we've, we've uh, hit a hiatus for a moment, mm-hmm. yeah. um, which Claire can tell you all about when she joins us in just a moment. Um, <laughs> We're, what am I telling you about? We're talking about Trent Talk. Oh. And I was just going to talk about how we're trying to take the pod in a radical new direction for the next few episodes to sort of have a narrative arc. Yeah. No, no spoilers? I... <laughs> <laughs> so you know... You said too much. This so has become an ambush interview for Claire Dickerson, who has just entered the room. I just entered the room. Just took his annex. Can I say that on this podcast? There's a lot of people at PodFest, and I don't like it. Um, So you know how in year zero, all you listeners obviously know how in year zero we go to the future, and it's dystopic, and it's scary. So we're doing that in our podcast. We're getting spoilers. We're getting kidnapped by one of our favorite people that we talk about on the podcast, but I've said too Let's much. Let's go over what's already happened. Um, <laughs> to approach Year Zero, which is this concept album that takes place in a messed up future where like every conspiracy is true, the government is covering up aliens and putting drugs in the water supply and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We've approached it from the angle of like, Claire and I have disappeared, and these are like recovered files that people have found in the future, and they're analyzing like what happened to us. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, which was just like it was just like some weird idea Claire and I floated, and it was just like we kind of liked it. 
So we're Shia gonna, had gonna, a character voice he really wanted to iron out. Claire's and a robot. I'm a robot. Because um. I didn't have a character voice that I really wanted to iron out. But I have been bailing on a lot of impressions, which is a feature of the show. So I'm yeah, that's working a, on a pretty big one for the... That's right. <laughs> working on a big one for this whole finale. Yeah, we're going to try to actually tie it into some kind of... like We're going to come full circle and have like a story, sort of. And I mean, then, it's, yeah, it's going to be goofy because that's Trent Talk's brand is yeah. we don't take ourselves or or the music very seriously, but we take our jokes somewhat seriously. That's good. Yeah. And like, we also are desperately trying to figure out how to approach the album Ghosts. That, yeah. Yeah. Ghost is going to be four albums of nothing but atmospheric soundtracks. Yeah. Which is going to be much harder to have jokes You know about. what I could do, though? I could tell you which graphic novel slash comic book each song makes me feel nostalgic about because that was literally my soundtrack to reading like all of Sin City Batman Year One I think more Sandman I didn't read Sandman then Um, what was I reading I reread all of the filth do you guys want to talk about graphic novels? <laughs> uh, is that yeah. How do you feel about Grant Morrison? But also, I do want to ask the both of you, uh, what was the last movie that you saw in theaters? Oh, Star Wars. Man. Let me I haven't been in the theater in a while. It was Star Wars, and I fell asleep because I was in one of those real comfy reclining chairs, so and I had gotten very day drunk for Christmas. It's gotten. To, it's got to be in theaters then. Yeah. yeah. In a theater. Probably Star Wars. Yeah. Wow. <sighs> Yeah, I. It's been a long, long time. It's been a while, it's been a while. and I've, I'm broke, so I don't I guess go to the movies. Before that, I, guess. I saw Skyfall, not Skyfall, the other Bond one that was very new, Spectre. Spectre. Yes, as with Hans Landa as a remarkably similar role. <laughs> Aww. He was James Bond's brother. Thoughts you, on this? Did you feel pressured to go see Star Wars because of Benson? It's. I. What pressure do you need to go see Episode Eight? It's like. They have nothing. They have nothing to lose. Like Disney could not screw the pooch on that franchise <laughs> any more so. Than more than it had screwed yeah. its pooch. I literally starting from zero. And even though it is like a high school musical in space with all these lovable <laughs> high school archetype characters, like I had a really good time. Are you two gonna go see Rogue One? No shit. Yeah. So I, oh, you know, I don't know. Is it that kind of show? In theaters or? I keep forgetting I it I exists. Can, I think I, I haven't probably, watched the trailer yet. I think I could scrimp together. 15 bucks to go see it in theaters. I, um, so it, looks, it looks fantastic. I went to see the most recent Star Wars. My best friend of 21 years, her family and I have this tradition where on Christmas we just go see whatever movie it is. And it was Star Wars. And we've been doing, we did the last three Star Wars when we were kids. I mean, her parents obviously weren't kids. So that would be weird. Um, and I, I really wanted to go just to hear like whatever weird shit they had to say afterwards. And sure enough, without missing a beat, her mother was like, so what was with the guy at the end? Like, oh, 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 you mean Luke fucking Skywalker? That guy? What was with him? Amazing. Like, I fell asleep. Where were you? She, she, fell, asleep, she fell asleep for she roughly fell asleep 30 here. years. It was like, baby girl. What was baby girl? I mean, I, Mark Hamill isn't immediately recognizable, but... At least with all the the context clues, you could you could maybe figure it out. I think that the entire movie is a pretty solid context clue that you could figure it yeah, out. Yeah, it says motherfucking Star Wars. Yeah, I feel like I'm robbing Jordan of speaking. Well, I think that's as no, good a note good. as any to end on. Where can we find Trent Talk? Oh, we are on the Benview Network. What? Have you heard of this? Do you know what this is? Trent Talk. No, the Benview Pod. Network. Com? Yeah. What? 
No, it's benviewnetwork.com slash talkpod. I keep forgetting to do the redirect, so I'm still just paying for nothing. No. We're actually... I'm really dumb. Uh, like this that. would maybe be a, good, be a good time to announce we're, gonna, we're, we're working on a merger. I mean, as you know, um, Benson's Boombox and Nerd's Eye View eventually formed the portmanteau title Benview Network. Yes. Um, oh, I did not but, know that. <laughs> but we're That's working like on... Uh, That's like Benview Trivia. <laughs> Wow. We're working on the. I've, uh, I've always wanted to ask. Ben Trentview Network. Ben Trentview. <laughs> Trend Benview ben, Talk. Benview Trent Work. Trend Benview Talk. See, we're, we're, we're in discussions. It's the earliest stages, but uh, just wanted to put that on the table. <laughs> what are you guys looking forward to seeing for the rest of the day? Or are you just parking here? I think I'm just going to be parked here. Not, yeah. Not a bad choice. Out. <laughs> you might see some, uh, some very, uh, very cool and interviewable celebrities passing that's, through. That's the hope. I haven't been able to keep in my memory like who is even doing what, so I have no idea what I'm excited for. I think what's happening in a sec, stuff you should know. Stuff you should that know. That should be interesting. I keep forgetting. Are those guys Canadian or just really polite? Really polite. Okay. They're twins. No, they're, that's the Sklars. Oh, that's the Sklars. I was thinking of Sklars because I was like, do I want to see? That's afterwards, and I don't know if I want to see that or not. I've seen those guys, and I'm always like real drunk when I see those guys, so I don't actually know if I'm a fan. The stuff you should know, people, though. When have you seen the Sklars? In Madison, where I'm from. Is that, is that like their home turf? Anyway, we're just talking no. about other stuff. No, so shows in Madison, Wisconsin, we have the Comedy Club on State, which is the best comedy club under a bank. And like, Doug Benson fucking loves that place. Sklarboroughs love that place. Just, you know, it's cool. Just Google it. It's fine. It's where I did my first open mic. No big deal. Anyway. <laughs> so who else have you guys had drop in up until now? Uh, Phil and Brenda. Cheryl. Oh, yeah. yeah it's just the, the, the usual Actually crew. bumping elbows with uh, Brenda at this moment. Uh-huh. But oh, we'll, we'll, we'll see who comes in. We'll see who we can get for the rest of the day. Uh, hopefully a special appearance by Benson. There was talk. I did run into Benson this morning on our way out. Benson's a hard guest to get. Yeah. <laughs> really got really to twist well, Benson's arm. What are they watching? The Good Wife? <laughs> yes, Benson is watching The Good Wife. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's, that's about it for Okay, we'll for leave. This. Okay, bye. I know we ran out. Check out Trent Talk. Trent, Trent Talk. Talk Pod. No. Uh, Trent Talk. At Trent Talk Pod. Facebook.com slash Trent Talk Pod. We're back. Hey, hello. You're still listening to Nerds Eye View. Welcome back. Uh, and we're sitting here with Perla. Yes. Do I give my last name or no? If you want. Well, I'll give you my full name. If you Perla. want people to find you. Well, at PX Caballero, you can find me. Uh, how about that? And I'm married. So, uh, boys, keep the dick pics to yourself. I don't need that shit. Unless, uh, no. Well, unless you're John Hamm, then okay, yeah. We'll, we'll do that. We'll, we'll give a pass. And you, you don't currently have a podcast of your own. No. But you but should. I have been told this, and I'm working on it. Uh, I've been t- I guess I've been announcing it slowly. Look out for Lipsticks <laughs> Over Manhattan, a podcast about whatever. It's, a, it's actually a podcast I'm dedicating to my dad. Oh. Almost a year ago, I lost him. He almost died. And I want to tell him about my life, but I want to do it in a setting that I won't feel comfortable telling him. Like, So I got really drunk one night, and then I did this, and then wow. I did this, and then I woke up, and well, I don't know where I was. Yeah. You, know, you, you don't want to you don't want to do that to your dad, especially yeah. when he has a weak heart now. You're just like... right. Um, no, that any, you know, I'll, he'll probably yell at me in Spanish, which is more insulting to me than yelling at me in English. 
So yeah, so that's that's what it is. It's just gonna be two people just talking and having a Manhattan. Or if that person chooses not to, we'll have tea. Yeah. I'll, you know, and if they're single, I'll ask them if they do Tinder because I've been married for nine years. So Tinder, um, that whole world fascinates me. Like I don't get it, and uh, I love it at the same time. Well, so Jordan's a bit of a. I almost expert. I almost started a podcast where I reviewed dating apps. I, I, I actually, my segment's going to be called uh, Bad Connection. Nice. Or Bad Match. Bad nice. Match. Nice. Bad, bad match. match. Yeah. Bad That's match. good. That's yeah. good. Hashtag Bad Match. Yep. Don't steal that. Oh, no, no. It's okay. all yours. Okay. All righty. So, Perla, what is the last movie that you saw in theaters? Okay. So, the last movie actually went to the Film Noir Festival uh, in Portland, Oregon. It's, it's put on by Eddie Mueller. He's the noir czar. He actually has his theater, his... Um, his all his vaults and everything is at the UCLA. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where. So I saw two. So we'll talk about uh, the Prowler, and then um, and then he had another um, Argentinian film that was just discovered that was made in the 1950s kind of noir setting, um, and they just discovered restored it and it was called The Better Stems, oh, and cool. it was amazing. Wow. But we can talk about the Prowler. The Prowler. I don't know if you guys know about that movie. No. It's another, Whichever. Yeah, I mean, so The Prowler, in the essence, is um, this woman, um, it was ra- written by Arthur Trumbo, who, from The Blacklist. He was part of the um, Hollywood Ten. Okay. And so they, um, of course, couldn't say who, who his name was, so they had him voice over and be the husband. And he is a overnight DJ, and the wife stays home in this big, beautiful hacienda home. And um, it starts with her in her be- in her in her bathroom, and she screams because she thought she saw someone poking into her window. Mm-hmm. Well, the cops show up, and this is the first character to introduce the dirty cop, quote unquote. So the one cop is very straight and like, man, maybe you should keep your windows closed. Are you here by yourself? Why? Oh, your right. husband's always working overnight. Oh, and another cop kind of lingers a little bit too much, and then he comes back later in the evening to check on her. And uh, ask for coffee, and then he comes back. It, it turns out that they're from both from the same town in Indiana. Oh, and he wow. had a he had he was going to be this big basketball star, and, and that collapsed. So he became a cop, and he resents that he's a cop. Yeah. And uh, kind of notices that oh, this must be a convenient marriage because she wants kids, but they don't have any. And yeah. you know, you never meet the husband because of course it's paid by Arthur Trumbo, and so. Um, he keeps visiting her, and they start an affair, and um, they finally want to run away together, and they don't do it. So he comes and makes it look like there's a prowler in the house, and when the husband goes out to go look, he shoots and kills him. Oh, wow. And then he gets, which is very interesting in today's time. I yeah. mean, just this week alone, it's been very, right. a very charged moment in history right now. Yeah. Um, and we're not even talking about the election and the orange fuck Muppet. That's a whole nother. That's a whole nother podcast. Yeah, like yeah, a bottle of whiskey. That's so a lot, um, yeah. they uh, do an inquiry, and she testifies that they've never met, that they don't know each other, only from the one night. Mm-hmm. And um, she settles his life insurance. They buy a hotel together with the life insurance money. Uh, he leaves the force, and then she tells him, "Oh, by the way, I'm 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 three months pregnant. <laughs> we're gonna have to go to the desert and have this baby." And so um, they go to this ghost town to make a baby, and then she goes into labor. And he goes and threatens a doctor to come and get him, to come help them with the delivery. Wow. Knowing that he, she figures out, oh, okay, he's going to most likely kill this doctor and kill me maybe or kill the baby wow. and I. 
So she uh, she gets the doctor to deliver the baby and run with the baby, and then he gets captured and he actually runs away, and they kill him the same way he killed the husband. So wow. yeah, it was really it's intense. I love noir films, I really do, and I've been getting that's, into them more crazy. and more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, so ha- what has been a, a highlight for you at this year's Podfest? Well, I have to pick one. <laughs> Well, that's why I didn't say the best. Oh, what's okay. What's a highlight? What's one thing that you're, you're going to think about and love forever? All the time I got to spend with a familia. <laughs> yeah. I get to see your smiley face mm-hmm. and hug you. I gave you a famous Perla hug, right? Yes, yes. I got yelled at by Jimmy Pardo. Um, nice. Matt Besser asked me a question. <laughs> Let's see. Um, God, there's too many. I've actually been writing them down in, on Twitter just so I could remember. Um, I got Graham Elwood to say hello to me and I wore a really nice skirt to the opening party and it got photographed a lot. <laughs> Cecil Baldwin complimented that, so oh, wow. yeah, I mean, That's like, cool. Oh, yeah, exactly. He even complimented my outfit last night and that was like cheap clearance rack. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't matter what the price of your clothes is, it's the way you present yourself. Yeah. Um, I got to, um, I'm staying at the, at the Sofitel and they have like beds made out of like angel feathers because you just sink in them and you feel like you're gonna you're on a cloud so this morning I was really just like doing some centering and some self-meditation I was listening to some opera looking watching the sunrise and on my bed and just really just embracing that moment like I'm not gonna lie I cried a little and they were all happy fantastic tears yeah. like I just I it's so surreal I mean I remember the first time I heard about this festival I thought like I'll never come to this because I don't have any friends to come with me like I'll right. beg my husband but I mean I, I'm, I'm not gonna have fun and you know what it's like to go somewhere at a party where you don't know you only know the host and the host is really busy with everybody else yeah so I mean I'm, I'm more excited about the self connections I've made um, especially you darling you know you know you know <laughs> yeah. you have a special place in my heart you know you do and we're snapchat friends thank you yeah <laughs> oh yeah well, thank you so much for being on uh, on Nerd's Eye View right here. Oh, thank at you. At LA Podfest. Yes, thank Yay. you. Have a good day. All right, so here we are with one of the founders of LA Podfest, Graham Elwood. Hello. You're welcome. Great to have you. Thanks, guys. Uh, just And I want to start with just saying thank you for all this. This is so much fun. Uh, I've been coming for three years now. This is my third year. And I, I love it. I love that this is... It's. I can really tell that this is for the fans. This is for people who enjoy, you know, podcasting and listening to podcasts. It's it's the whole package. Have you brought recording equipment every year? Uh, I don't think I did the first year, but definitely last year and then this year too. Yeah. It's you know, it's about supporting the medium. It's about the fact that anyone can have a podcast. Doesn't mean they're all going to be good, but uh, <laughs> but no. If you want to start talking about something. You know, get a goddamn microphone, plug it into something, yeah. and start talking. You know, and that that to me is 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 what I think is fantastic, and that's why we want to support. It. And it's been great to watch the festival grow, and you know, it's been awesome. It's been really cool. Uh, so our podcast is Nerd's Eye View. Every week we review a new film that's in theaters. Ooh. Uh, for this week we reviewed Magnificent Seven. I haven't seen it yet. It's we enjoyed it. Okay, we really did. Yeah, good. Uh, so I, we just want to ask you, what was the last film that you saw in theaters? The last film I caught, my memory is a little scattered as of late. Um, let me look into Fandango. I thought you were going to pull out your wallet with your stubs in it. I know some people collect the, uh, the I should. Stubs. Everyone's like, Graham, you don't keep track of all the movies you watch? I was like, oh, God, I probably should. Mm-hmm. 
But they're probably. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely started doing that a couple years ago. Uh, like five years ago, I decided to watch 500 movies in one year. You and that's are, I needed a list for that for sure. Brave man. <laughs> yeah, I, did, I didn't take that journey with him. Oh, the last movie I saw was Snowden. Oh, okay. oh. what did you think of that? I, I actually liked it. You know, um, <laughs> Oliver Stone's very hit and miss for me. Yeah. A um, couple more misses than hits, but this movie was really good. Um, and uh, the interesting, so what you have to do, whether you agree with what Snowden did or not. Mm-hmm. You have an interesting dilemma as a filmmaker because we know that the, the ending is well, has yet to be written, but we know he's in Moscow. We know, yeah. we know he's alive. We know he hasn't been arrested mm. yet. You mm-hmm. know, so and we know that he released all this stuff. But what they did, what Oliver Stone did, and he did a very good job of it. I thought was showing you what led him up to that. Yeah, sort of the ten years of in the military and then the CIA and, and he's very like you know there's a scene where he meets his girlfriend and she's protesting yeah and he's very conservative at the beginning oh it's the liberal media is feeding you this and that and she's yeah. like and um, you know that and to see like the little events the little like glimpses where he's like well that, is that right is it, yeah. is it okay for us to do that mm-hmm. um, and they cut back and forth between the day in June of 2013 in the hotel room in Hong Kong where they shot the Citizen Four right I thought that was really cool sometimes flashbacks don't work sometimes they can be confusing or like oh it's a way why are we going this was really it was really effective I thought to sort of see his transition because that's all the stuff we don't know mm-hmm. we all know who Snowden is we know what he released and we know he's in Moscow but I don't know the the why the why yeah I don't know even the specifics of some of the how right you know and so that that was cool for me that I really dug that Cool. What, do, what do you think of like in general in movies now? I feel like there's a trend more towards these based on a true story uh, well, type films. Sure. I mean, here's several reasons are why that's happening. <laughs> yeah. First, the, the monetary reason is people tend to go see more of those. Mm-hmm. When it's, oh, it's based on a true story. That oh, this actually happened. Even the hint of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is is intriguing. It's intriguing for me to go. Fuck! Did this just really happen? Yeah. Um, so and also, so knowing that, if you're a producer, a movie studio, acquiring the rights to a true story means you have a decent shot of recouping your money. Yeah, at least. At least, you know. So from a business standpoint, they're they, they have a higher success rate. Mm. But also, one of the reasons I think they have a higher success rate, this is just my personal opinion, I like based on true stories. I like biopics when they're done correctly. And so, because I always, it's it's the reason I like Snowden. I learn things in the movie. Now, you can do the dramatizations wrong, and you can add in dumb cliches, and you can really fuck up a true story. Right. Um, if you're smart, you stick to what actually happened. Don't put in cliche or Hollywood nonsense. Because you don't need to fuck with it. The true story, what actually happened is pretty usually whatever the thing is, it's pretty spectacular. Yeah. So I think that's why, you know, they're, they're, there's a lot of them. And, you know, so it's the, it's, it's the business and then the, when it's done well, the public's reaction to them. And if their story's worth telling. Right. Like things that people should know. 
it's things people should know. And anytime you hear some like, oh, this person went through that. No, that's nuts. Oh, they should make that into a movie. Like everyone just says that. Right. Oh God, they should. That should be a movie because I want to see it. Sometimes they do it wrong. Yeah. And sometimes the documentary is better. <laughs> than, yeah. than, than, the, than the dramatization, you right. know, than, than the scripted feature. So, um, like another uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt movie, um, where he's about the wire walker guy that the walked. Walk. Yeah, man, yeah. not good, not yeah. a good movie. But the, documentary, uh, the documentary is so fantastic. Yeah. yeah, it's incredible because that's an example. You, you, it was more about his, the movie was more about the crazy accents. The, right. You know, it was another movie where Joseph Gordon-Levitt was. Doing a voice, yeah. Well, and it was it was also a lot about the 3D element of it. Yeah, they, they, they lost what they 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 did exactly what I was saying. They shouldn't do. They added extra bullshit. Yeah, you don't. It's a guy walking between the fucking trade towers. I mean, that alone. There's your drama. Yeah, like you know. So, and then you watch the documentary and you're like, no way. And they had to sneak into this and they had to do that. Yeah. And where did they practice? Mm-hmm. And and the French guy that did it is a character. He's just a character. He's he's more compelling to watch than an actor trying to be him. Yeah, exactly. You know, you're putting that amazing character through a filter, and it doesn't always come through. No, it doesn't come through. Yeah. Um, that was the going back to Snowden. That was my one like fear was the Snowden accent. Was that going to be too much? Yeah. Because that was the thing that was like off-putting from the trailer. Mm-hmm. I didn't notice it until later in the movie when there's actual footage of Snowden. And it doesn't match up. It doesn't match up. That's yeah. when I was like, overall good movie, but he didn't need to do that voice. Right. Someone should have talked him out of that. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think it was a holdover from the walk. He's like, maybe I should do voices now. <laughs> These voices, it's, it's working. It yeah. always works when I do the voices. Yeah. Not necessarily. Go back and uh, audio dub all of his older movies where he put does voices. Yeah. So, yeah. Those are the, that's the last one. Dude. That's great. Well, thank you so much. Is there anything you want to promote before? Sure. Um, you know, if you're the live, so we're live video streaming the entire three day weekend at LA Podfest, and then everything's being recorded, and so you can watch the entire festival for the next thirty days. Awesome. Um, and it's twenty five dollars, but if you use coupon code CFN, you save five bucks, and you go to LAPodfest.com. Cool. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Now we're sitting here with Sam Levine. That's me. Welcome. Thank you so it's much. A, it's a great honor to have you. Oh, please. On, uh, I- on our podcast, this is a Nerd's Eye View. We're a movie review podcast, one of the many. Excellent. There uh, can never be enough. <laughs> and uh, we actually just reviewed uh, The Magnificent Seven. Oh, okay. Uh, which we both enjoyed. Yeah. Oh, good. Uh, and we, I'm looking forward to we've it. We've always enjoyed your work as well. Oh, thank you. Uh, and uh, we just wanted to know, what was the last film that you saw in theaters? The last film I saw in theaters was uh, Jason Bourne. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah. I don't get out to the movies as often as I used to. That's the yeah. truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did you think about it? You know, I, I, I liked it enough, but it felt 
there was something missing right. from the first three films. I, I, my guess has to be the source material. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first three movies in the Bourne series were all based on the Ludlum novels right. written by Robert Ludlum. And unfortunately, he's no longer with us. Mm-hmm. I know the character and his estate live on. Mm-hmm. And they've got a, a team of writers who are still churning out the Bourne novels. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't even know if this was based on a, one of the Bourne novels. I have to imagine it was. Right. Uh, but obviously, you know, it being written by someone other than Robert Ludlum, uh, in spite of the fact that it was Damon and Paul Greengrass reuniting, mm-hmm. it just felt a little different. But I still enjoyed it. It was still a good time. Do you think it was just that too much time had passed? Because um, no. they tried to do the one with Jeremy Renner. Yeah, they tried to, to launch the, the spin-off uh, franchise there. Um, I don't think the time being too, too far gone was a, a factor. I mean, you know, there have certainly been uh, successful sequels that are decades yes, of course, of course, after yeah. the, the original. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I guess it was just the... I don't want to say it almost felt formulaic because I'm comfortable with the Bourne movie formula. Right, right. Uh, I guess it was just, I don't know. I could not put my finger on it about what kept me from liking it as much as the first three. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, which again, it's not to say I didn't like it. It just, Mm -hmm. it felt a little different. Yeah, I mean, I felt the same way and I feel like a lot of other people said similar things of, it just, it felt like they just went back to the well instead of, having this new interesting experience right. to have these good characters in. Yeah. I mean so. also they introduced a couple of extra characters and weird storylines in there yeah. that I felt like maybe they spent just too much time on mm-hmm. uh, that that were they were brand new to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean in the first movie when we first learn about Treadstone, we basically learn about it through Bourne's eyes. You're right. So we're learning about it as he does, and then by the second and third film, now it's been established. So they can have these little side stories with Treadstone mm-hmm. and Blackbriar that that we are we're already on that side of the glass. So we know what this is about. And this new one, there was there was the weird stuff with uh, with uh, um, uh, Riz Ahmed yeah. and that whole. You know, he's supposed to be like a Facebook or right. a Google thing. Facebook yeah. Google yeah. thing, and it was just—it was like we don't know anything about this world, and so it we showed. Don't care. It showed like seven more programs besides Treadstone, mm-hmm. and it just like it gave us. It felt like it, we had too much information. Yeah, I, and, I, I think they they cast a little too wide a net of of what they expected us to follow mm-hmm. and and care about. Yeah. Uh, maybe that was it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. Right. Uh, is there any films coming out that you're really looking forward to? Oh, man, that's a good question that I don't have a good answer to. Uh, I can't even name a single film other than to say I know in about a month or so we're going to be heading towards award season territory, mm-hmm. which I, is maybe my favorite time of the year for movies, yeah. more so than summer blockbusters, right. which are typically, they can be fun, but very rarely will a summer blockbuster also be well-written. Right, right. You know, it's like yeah. if you want to go watch things blow up for 90 minutes, there's your that's your time of year. Yeah. If you want to watch thought-provoking, you know, award-caliber storytelling, that's that's your yeah, December, definitely. November area. So definitely. I'm excited for that. Cool. Well, thank you so much. Before you go, is there anything you want to yeah. promote? Uh, sure. I've got a streaming series on uh, online right now that I'm very proud of called Crunch Time. Okay. It's on uh, roosterteeth.com. Nice. Which I'd never heard of until last year when they asked me to do the series. Uh-huh. Now that I know about them, I am blown away. These guys are incredible. Yeah, they're huge. They churn out content, high-quality content like nothing else I've ever seen. Yeah, they're great. Um, and I'm really proud to be a part of this 
this series. It's uh, it's a comedy sci-fi series. It's like Inception meets Weird Science with an X-Files twist. Nice. And it's really, really, really funny and really innovative and unique. And I've never seen anything like it. I've never been a part of anything like it. Yeah. And I've been in a lot of crap over the years. And I swear, this is good. All right, cool. If you check it out, you will like it. It's on roosterteeth.com. Uh, we're already, today is episode four of oh, nice. six posted um, and so if you go and you sign up for a, three, a free 30 day first membership mm-hmm. you can watch all four since there's only two more after this you can watch all six of these episodes and you're going to love it I swear cool yeah. thank you so much my pleasure guys thank you wow wow this has been a really cool experience yes we got to talk to a lot of people a lot of cool people yeah and we hope that you check out all their stuff. Yes, yes. We'll we'll make sure and put in links for pretty much everyone we talk to. If not, their IMDb page, uh, their their podcasts that they do. Uh, but uh, since since we got to wrap it up here, uh, let's give thanks to Silent Partner, who did our theme song "Sophomore Makeout," which we got from the YouTube Audio Library, YouTube.com/slash/audio-library. Yeah. Uh, thanks to Justin Kizan, he did our logo. He's uh, over at Agents of Guard, right? Yeah, he writes at agentsofguard.com. Nice. And on his Instagram, he does a video a day, and they're really good. Yeah, and he's been keeping up with it. They're they're yeah. pretty great. Yeah. And uh, what else? Oh, if you listen to podcasts, you should check out the Benview Network. Oh, my goodness. Com. Yeah. You should check out I Write on Pick Your Path, the Choose Your Adventure Style Enhanced Podcast. And uh, You should check out Shut Up Leonard. It's out there. The whole thing. The whole thing. Check it all out. Yeah. Uh, you should check out everything on the. Benji it's one Network. of the rare podcasts that has an end. Yeah, I mean, TV show podcasts have an end. Some people just don't know how to end them. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And then others you don't want to end. Right. Just wanted to go forever. So there you go. Uh, yeah. And then if Tom was here, he'd tell you about his writings and his website. Uh, uh, I Optigrab. Optigrab. That's the name. That's it. I'm trying to do this noteless. Yeah. I thought I could do that smoothly, and I can't. And you The only up, reason you I it remember it is because it's always before me. Optograb.org. And now <laughs> I know. it's for you. I know that's when I need to start paying attention again. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, I stream over at twitch.tv backslash Gamersault Weekly. This weekend has been a lot of fun. I, uh, I dropped down some extra cash and got the Forza Horizon 3 ultimate edition which means that i played the game uh the friday before it came out for everybody else and man that game is not only gorgeous it is super fun so i'll be playing that and uh i'll be playing that on my personal channel which is twitch.tv backslash truevalk but on gamers all weekly next week at uh i think two o'clock pacific standard time i'll be streaming uh bioshock 2 from the hd collection and i might just go straight to minerva's den because that DLC is amazing. It's a lot of fun. So uh, make sure and check in for that. And uh, as I said before, BenViewNetwork.com, all the great shows. And what's ours? There. Ours is NAVPodcast.com. Yeah. Uh, I was going to try and take a peek into what's coming out next week. Yeah. Well, I don't uh, even know anymore. Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar People. I kind of want to see that. That's a thing that's coming out. We got. Um, yeah, that's about it on the big on the big names. Let's just watch Smaller that. Smaller names. Uh, uh, well, Deepwater Horizon is another big, but I don't. Oh, want to see that I don't want to see that. No. Uh, but Masterminds. It's a comedy that's been. Oh yeah. To come out for years now. Oh yeah. And uh, I I think it's an A4 production, American Honey. Ooh. And you know how we love that. Uh, yeah, A4 has been doing. A24. A24 has been putting out great yeah. movies. But uh, 
I, 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 ha- I feel like I've seen most Tim Burton films in theaters, at mm-hmm. least during my lifetime. So, so we should keep that why, trend. Why break that trend? Yep, let's do it. And we'll see who we can get for that. Yeah. We'll get, we'll get I'm sure we special. can get some people. Uh, but until then, this has been episode 295 of Nerds Eye View, a special LA podcast 2016 edition. Yep. I'm Andrew. I'm Jordan. And remember, listeners, if a suited dude comes up to you and says, I'll pay $20 for each parcel, don't do it. He's just going to shoot you anyway, and you're going to have to hire some people. So just, you know, don't even go to church that day. Just don't. Started recording. Recording. And I can see the levels are good. Yep, they look great. I mean, now that you can tell, they look, look, look. They just, they go up one little tiny notch. Like, you don't really have a good indicator on yeah, but how the up, levels are. Whoa. Okay, see, I can't even make it go up. Whoa! Yeah, I can't even make it go to two. That's going to make it go to two. Yeah. Vincent, well, it's supposed to be. Really? Oh my goodness. He didn't want to carpool? This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at bendunetwork.com.